In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Hey, Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have three people in my studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist. Hello, everyone. I have with me Gary the Stud. That would be me. And I am your host, Bob Christman. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. So, we're going to talk about three topics tonight to start off our show. We're going to talk about the Deadpool trailer. I'm going to say that wrong. Deadpool 2 trailer, the second time around. We're going to talk about the trailer, the last trailer for Ready Player One, which is going to come out very soon. And then we're going to talk about a very little seldom talked about lawsuit with LFL and a gentleman in England. And I think it has some big, profound uh, impact in the Star Wars realm. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So let's start with the big one, which is the Deadpool 2 trailer, the second trailer for Deadpool 2. So this is an interesting trailer. Lots going on inside of it. Of course, we've always talked about the fact that there's always lots of the cool things going on inside of trailers. But I got a lot of questions, too, after this trailer now, too, and that's kind of what's got me pondering what's going on. First off, his taxi cab driver is back. Yeah, the opening's a tribute to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Start the plane, Jacques! Oh, I didn't even catch oh, on yeah. to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he jumps through the back of it. Do Hinder, is that his name? Mohinder. Was it? Mohinder. Okay. So, you know, typical banter. You know, Deadpool, almost like the last movie between yeah. him and Mohinder. Lots of action, lots of sword fighting, lots of cutting and violence. I mean, it's definitely going to be a rated R movie. There's no doubt about that. Although I love how he, when he runs in the door to meet the Marina Bakarin, he just throws the swords and everything off to the side. Yeah. Wouldn't you if Marina Bakarin was at home for you? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd be wearing a suit when I walked in the door. So anyway, Cable shows up. Now, Eric, you said you don't like this version of Cable. It's... Okay, so Cable, everything I've normally seen of him, he has a bit more armor going on, you okay. know? And it's a guy wearing a T-shirt with, like, a, like, like the straps over it. it just, the T-shirt throws me off. It doesn't 
feel so like you Deadpool feel like the t-shirt, t-shirt doesn't fit him. It, it feels yeah, and he's well, it's like he's got a cape. Is it too hyper stylized for you? Is that it? No, it's almost like it's underdone. Understylized. It's, it's like okay. they didn't put a lot into it. Yeah, to, to me, it looks like a mishmash of Captain America and Winter Soldier with a cape. Kind of, yeah. I can see where you're seeing that. You know, I guess you guys are used to the the blue and orange cable. Am I correct? The one that a lot of it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and this is. I think this is more patterned after the, the – he almost looked like a World War Three soldier. I think that's the version they were going for here. And that was only around for a couple comic books, not a lot of them. I like the eye. I mean, I, I like what they're doing with the eye and all that. I mean, it's com- it's going to completely depend on what they do with the character, as always. But Yeah. And Josh Brolin and how he pulls it off. Although it's going to be weird seeing him in this after seeing him as Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that they referenced uh, Devil Wears Prada in 27 Dresses. Yeah. As the... <laughs> and then we've got this kid. And this is the part I'm confused about, who's out of nowhere. Cable's hunting some kid. Clearly the kid is important to Cable's future, whether or not the kid's got to live or die. Right. And then uh, that seems to be the plot of the, part of the plot of the film. I love that they've got Deadpool. My favorite part is him doing, you know, wheelies on. In, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about that, Xavier's, too. Xavier's, Xavier's, Xavier's uh, cart and, and everything. hugs Colossus and grabs his butt. Is that what he's doing when he yeah. hugs Colossus? Oh, dude, I didn't catch on yeah. to that before. <laughs> it, 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 it looks it, like he spends some time in the X-Mansion in this one. I'm There's... thinking so, too, yeah. <laughs> Barack, Obama. Barack Obama and Abraham Lincoln on either side as he's spinning around. <laughs> and that, that's awesome. Do you think that's maybe the White House? I mean, is that a possibility? Uh, I don't know. It's, it is kind of weird that it would be in, in X-Mansion, but although I guess not totally And then they talk about how this is clearly going to be actually an X-Force prequel. We're supposed right. to get an X-Force movie eventually. Right. Well, look at this. They're introducing the entire team in Deadpool 2. Who's this guy punching here? That's the part I was like, I can't Ooh. quite tell. It looks yeah, like he has a helmet. Yeah. Like when he, he's going down, but it's hard to see it. I've been trying to figure it, out who it, that is. It's Terry Crews is the actor. Right. But and, I guess um, it's just like a special force. Yeah. Helmet, huh? Unless it's someone from the future. <laughs> Maybe that's possible. Or but it might be one of those guards where you saw Cable bursting through the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, It looks yeah. like it might be one of those same Maybe. people. I, I think he's supposed to be Bishop. So that's is Bishop. Is that you think Terry Crews is supposed to be? Yeah, I think Who's so. this? So that's Bishop. And we, that, we know a, we got Domino. Okay. Domino. I don't know who she is at all. I don't either. And I've never seen anybody with a whip in the Apparently, X-Men. Apparently, there's, there's other videos on YouTube where they identify all these people. But we, is there really? Or at least they take their guesses. But I've never seen that character in my life that I know of. I might be crazy. Look, there's more. We didn't get introduced to him. Right. Uh, The guy who's go back a little bit. The guy in the white too in the back. We yeah. If you go back to them sitting when you see keep going when you see her. Yeah, I know. She's got a guy sitting next to him. He's got like a weird mask thing and outfit. Although he looks like he could be one of those guards that got punched. But maybe he almost looks like Toad a little bit though. Yeah, and there's a guy behind him who's in uh, mustache who looks like Hondo. He does kind of look like Hondo. Hondo, did you start? This looks like know. that guy right there. Looks like what's his name? Who played Pennywise? Oh yeah. What's his name? I can't think. Of I his can't name. remember the actor's name, but I know you're talking Skarsgard, about Skarsgård. But yeah, I, yeah. I can't think of his first name. You know, right? It does kind of look like him. Maybe it is him. I think he'd be getting billing if he was in it. Although the guy in the, do we know who that guy is? That's yet? the guy with the mustache. I think that we saw sitting way. You're in the right. Back. It is the guy in the mustache. I think. He's got a white suit. I'd love to know who that is. Maybe not. I couldn't tell who that was. Well, we're going to get introductions, so we'll... I'm sure we will. Yeah. So then he fights a bunch of people in a bathhouse. He's eating cocaine. He's <laughs> fighting a bunch of guards. Is that what white. that... Is? I was trying to figure out if he was baby powder I or th- cocaine. I think he just 
he's going through a Yakuza thing and he probably comes across a room full of cocaine and he's like, woohoo! I could totally see that, okay. Yeah. Then these look like uh, insane slam people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it looks like they're going to try to put a collar on him at some point. And then Cable has a pretty cool... And I, I love the fact that he just takes his whole head and just yeah. whips it right Next back broken. around. Uh, Very typical Deadpool kind of stuff, you know. What's her name there? Uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That is the same actress, right? Yes. She's yeah. definitely looking yep. different. The fact that he kisses her <laughs> in the beginning of I the didn't trailer. See that. Oh yeah, he does. I'll show you. I'll, I'll show that to you again. He, he, boops, he bops her nose. Yeah, he bo- mean, Yeah, that's still my favorite part of the whole trailer is when he puts his hand. Guy to shoots the gun, his hand. Shoots his hand. It goes through his hand. Turns it. Lets the guy shoot again and shoots himself. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, then we talk about having a trilogy. Yep. Then we have some fourth wall banter about. I'm sure they'll be talking about something else, saying, you know, do two, not three, but it'll all be obviously a movie reference. Ab- yeah, they'll absolutely. They'll be talking about something else. And I'm sure it's not going to be a reference to them not doing a three for him because he's going to want a trilogy. You know oh, he yeah. is. Uh, you know, people are already talking about apparently there's going to be a big cameo. They don't know who. They don't know if it's going to be a cameo of a superhero or just a star doing a big cameo, but apparently there's been rumor that there is a big cameo in this movie. Can I take a wild guess on well, this one? Well, a lot of people say Hugh Jackman coming in to... I was just about to say, what if Hugh Jackman comes in, not as Wolverine, but Weapon right. X? As, as, or as Hugh Jackman. Or as Hugh, oh, yeah, I get <laughs> Because they saying. made fun of him by using his yeah, face. So. they could. I'm wondering if they could put him, put him in as Weapon X and then... Bring him Say, in as it's, Wolverine. It's, in not, the, it's not Wolverine. It's right. Weapon X. Right, and then bring him in as Wolverine in the Avengers right. eventually. You know what I mean? So then he can he can do his yeah. Because now there's around. rumors that he may come in as into the Avengers movies, as we've discussed. Yeah. It may actually 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 be a thing, and it might actually I, I, happen if it happens. Cool. If it doesn't, you know, I, I don't I'd care like, either I'd way. I'd like to see it though. It'd be fun. I'd definitely like to see Wolverine come back in yeah. some way. It doesn't oh, have to be huge. <coughs> I think we're going to be getting the X-Men and all that eventually. I think, I think that's that's going into Phase 4 or whatever it is. That, or I'm the sure. phase after the two Avengers movies where Kevin Feige has been known to say the universe is going to be drastically different. I'm still convinced that means uh, X-Men. It means Fantastic Four. and Because now it, the other hot rumor is that we're going to get a cameo in Avengers. Yeah, of a character that, that, that no one thought no one was going to be in there. It. And it's the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and I, I still think his idea of drastically different, maybe the Scroll War, right? Yeah, you keep where everything drastically that. is def- different, like as in Cap's not Cap, Thor's not Thor. All those people right. are not who you thought they were. It would be an interesting way to reset. Gary, what do you think drastically different means? Drastically different. <laughs> That's definitive. He's very, Thank he's you. Very literal. He is very literal yeah. tonight. Okay. Okay. What I think drastically different means? Yeah. Three. Three. Okay. <laughs> Not four, not two, but three. So, what do you think of the Deadpool trailer? Looks all right. I still ain't. My worries are still out there because you're really not going to be able to top the first one. <laughs> so you don't think this is going to top the first I'm one? I'm hoping that this one's more humorous. Funny to say that, but I felt that there was a long, there were a lot of long stretches in Deadpool that weren't humorous, humorous that got yeah. pretty dark, and got. And I know they were doing that to establish the character, and. But then it's a weird combination to do that and then do fourth wall breaking slapstick comedy. So, you know, I'm hoping that in this one they kind of embrace the crazy a bit more. I am I am hopeful of it, but I am weary of it about it setting up X-Force. I just hope that they do that correctly and they don't rush through this. You know what I mean? In an effort to get to X-Force, rush through introducing characters that maybe would be cool to drag out and give a storyline to. And we're just going to quickly like... Here's right. this character, here's that character, there's Domino, go, you know? 
You put in too um, many characters, you have that whole character introduction issue where the just like, like right the now, Justice League yeah, had, you know. With but you did like with Avengers, you don't have that issue. People go, "Well, what about you got 28 care whatever, 20 characters to fit in there?" I'm like, right. "We know them all though. We know right. them all intimately they've, back and forth. We don't need any introduction." They've each got at least one movie a piece, yeah. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah. a, we just see them on screen. We know everything we need to know. They don't have to worry about introductions. Right. But they didn't do that with Justice League. We met new characters right. and they didn't really tell us anything about them and then we were into the movie. Right. So that's that's the difference, I think. And that's I why I'm not you. worried about Avengers. Right. Well, but that's well, why I worry about this one a little bit. Yes. Okay. Well, what I think DC's mentality is, is everybody knows their characters, so we don't need to do a backstory again. It's the wrong <laughs> choice. Though. I know. Totally. Well, okay. So I'll give you this. I don't need Superman's backstory anymore. I don't need Batman's backstory anymore. We're good with those two. Right. Now we got Wonder Woman out there <laughs> who already has a backstory already done. And you know they'll re- reintroduce it at least four more times, which, Okay. But my point is, you didn't give any backstory to this to uh, Cyborg. <clears throat> my wife had no idea who he was. Uh, we gave zero backstory to the Flash. She knew who he was, but only thanks to the fact that I'm a huge Flash fan. And who and, is the other? And character? you have a TV show, that Aquaman. Right, I watched. Well, yeah, Aquaman. You gave some of a backstory, but very little of right. a backstory there. He apparently so, likes to help people in Newfoundland or whatever. Yeah, and, Newfoundland. And, and drink and hide away. Right, that's about all we know about him. And that's, that's it. And then he so shows up and becomes a teammate and fights. Oh right. yeah, let's fight! Yeah, and he's supposed to be this big old baddie, and I don't feel it. I didn't feel it from that movie. So it's, it's really weird. Like, DC just does not to do this. Yeah. And yet, here we are with X-Force, and I'm worried they're going to pull the same thing. Like, we, we're about to do the same thing. Now, on the flip side of that... I love Ryan Reynolds' movies. I mean, I hate to say it. There's not a lot of movies by Ryan Reynolds I don't like. And and so this is another opportunity where I'm going to be like, all right, I get to see Ryan Reynolds again. This will be cool. And yeah. I like his version of Deadpool. I just worry about all the other characters around him. You know, His Deadpool works. But like I said, my problem with this take on the character has always been they, they, don't, they don't portray the insanity. Yeah. They portray a humorous wisecracker. Right who apparently knows he's in a movie, right. which has those weird fourth-wall-breaking moments, but they don't add the insanity to kind of re- tie it together to make you understand his mental state. Here's, so, here's the other one I'm a little worried about. We're about to have Colossus again. Yes. I'm hoping we do him justice again. You know what I mean? I thought they did a pretty good job of the first one. Is it the same guy playing him? I don't know. For I, most I, I, I'm I, pretty I sure so. it is. I think it is. Which I thought, I, I don't know how you, because Gary, I know he's one of your favorite characters. I don't know how you felt about how they portrayed him in the first one, but I thought they did a pretty good job portraying I, him. I, I think they did a really good job on him. Of all the Colossuses, I think he's been the best one so far. I hope they... They, 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 they definitely got the size right with him. Right. And the, the, the character... Um, I don't want to say the pacifist yeah. part of him, but they got that part right. down yeah. His, yeah, his his attitude. Yeah, yeah that's bad. what I mean, his character. The, I, the, I think the, they got the right. gentle giant part. Right, yeah. and I, I hope they continue with that, so... Okay, so next on our list is the trailer for Ready Player One, which now, is a Steven Spielberg movie. Based upon a book. Based upon a which, book, am I which correct? I've never Neither, seen. You two have never read the book. No. But I've read the book. I read it a couple years ago when it came out. Loved it. Thought it was fantastic and opened up a world that I was like, I am so excited to see more things take place in this do, world. Do you remember who it was written by, who the uh, author was? The guy, he wrote another book called Armada. John uh, Klein? Scott Klein? Let me look it up. All right. I was just curious. So, apparently what happens is you can go into a virtual reality world in the future and escape reality, right? The way it works is in the future, everything sucks. And everyone is tied into this thing called the Oasis. 
Okay. The Oasis is is the net, but now turned into a virtual. You don't access it with keyboards anymore. You put on goggles. You go into it. The okay. more now, one of the things that the movie does, obviously a little different than the book, is <clears throat> in the book, everyone has access, but only the rich have like haptic gloves where they can control things. Okay. And, like you get to experience the low end of it if you're poor. Right. But you don't have the walking devices where you can feel yourself walking and okay. feel what's you know. Through the book, he makes more virtual currency by what he accomplishes in the, in the Oasis, and he gets more advanced technology to experience the, the Oasis more and more. <clears throat> and basically, the way they, they build this whole world is fantastic. But the idea is that the guy who created the Oasis, a man named Scott, I think Scott Halliday, yep. was born in the 80s or grew up in the 80s and is a huge fan of the 80s. Okay. So <clears throat> he's always tied the 80s into stuff. Well, at the beginning of the book, he passes away, and he's been a recluse for a while, and he announces that I have hidden three Easter eggs somewhere in the Oasis. And if you find them, the person who finds all three and solves all the, the riddles to get to them mm-hmm. can own the Oasis. That's it. You will own it outright, which makes you the most powerful, richest person in the world. Well, there's a company, that's the bad guys, who, right. who basically want to, right now, parts of the Oasis, it's free for everybody, but only small parts of the Oasis are free. You have to have virtual currency inside the Oasis, just like in a video game. The more XP you get, the more experience you get, the better machines and weapons you can right. upgrade, and you can travel. Everyone starts out on an education planet. All it is is schools, and that's where school takes place now. You don't go to school. You go to the, the Oasis, okay. and you go to school, And that's it. Everyone's on this one planet. But if you have money, you can earn spaceships and go to other worlds and experience the universe much more that's in the Oasis. One thing I'll give away about the book is, and it happens very early on, when the first clue is found, it gives you enough up immediately your your amount of money is is huge. And you can get off the planet to go find the other two clues. But he puts the first clue on the planet that everyone, even the poor, can go to. So he meant for anyone to be able to solve this riddle. Or this, this series of mysteries. But it's all tied in to 80s. 80s nostalgia, 80s movies, 80s music, 80s books. Because the guy grew up then and was a fan of it. So, so even in the book, they make In the book, it is huge. It is okay. the entire book. And um, so the fact that they got Steven Spielberg to do this, the 80s king, and they're showing all of the copyrighted stuff that, you know... He, that well, he that's could get what we're looking at to. here. We're seeing like the Tron cycle, the Tron light cycles. The right there, the Back, Back to the Future, future cars goes by. We got the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Obviously, it's Spielberg, right? But there's a lot more. Bigfoot, Bigfoot, which yeah. you know was huge. But there's a ton more in the book, and <clears throat> it's it's really good. So I am super excited for the movie, even though I know the movie's going to vary greatly from the book. I'm still excited to go see it. Um, I hope it's good. Got the, the Iron the, Giant. Yeah, like. the trailer looks pretty cool. Like there's scenes I'm seeing in this that I'm like, oh, I know where this happens in the book, so I know some of it's being true. Um, but it's going to be interesting. King Kong, it looks like. So, being honest, and as an almost an outsider looking in, having never read the book, I was kind of like, meh. You know, like it's not a movie I really want to go see. And the it's, trailers it's, are not selling it, and I'll no, admit that. It's, they it's, are not. It's not doing it justice if that's really the storyline. Like you just sold me on this more than this trailer's ever sold me on this movie. But it's a complex idea. It's hard to get across in a 30-second trailer while highlighting action. And, and I'll give you that. And it, that maybe that is the tough sell of this <coughs> particular movie is just the idea that this trailer's got to be able to sell it. Yeah. I, I worry about it being too 80s-ish. You know what I mean? Like too much 80s stuff thrown at us all at once. I also worry the fact that it seems like they're really hanging on that 
Steven Spielberg name. You yeah. know what I mean? It just seems to be heavily like, hey, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Come see it. You know, the guy that did E.T., the guy that did War of the Worlds. You got to come see this. You know, I, I, I worry because there are right now. All right. People are going to hate me for saying this, but I don't care. There are Steven Spielberg movies out there that were total poop. Because he's not got a perfect. Record. He tied his name to something, and he hoped it would make it better. And and I'm not always convinced that Steven Spielberg makes good movies. You know, George Lucas has had his name on some pretty oh, bad yeah. projects oh. too. And you know, so sometimes I think just having somebody's name tied to it doesn't suddenly make me go, "I gotta go check that movie out." Right. So I don't mm-hmm. know. See, the problem with this is, and we've said it already, the concept is awesome. Right. But to explain it, yeah, to sell it in the form of a movie trailer is really hard. And they are playing up the special effect action-oriented sequence oh, yeah, side of it much more than they are the concept. Right. And I don't know. I'm 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 going to go see it. Part of me says they should have put on there based on the best-selling book by blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'd have done that, I'd have gone, oh, maybe i got to go check this book out. If I'd have read that, I might have gone, no, nah, i got to go see the movie. But you didn't even do that. So, like, it's part of me. I didn't even know it was based on a book till you said that today. I was like, oh, I didn't even know like, it was there's a, a book. There's a whole chapter or section in the book that's based around Rush music. Oh, really? Yeah, and the band Rush <laughs> and tying into, like, their album covers and stuff like that, which I was never into Rush in the 80s. So that was the one section where I kind of just went through going, okay, I, I get that they're – I liked some of Rush yeah, music. But. but then I watched the first trailer, mm. and they showed this giant race scene. And what's yeah. the music playing over the giant oh, race the Rush, scene? Yeah. It was Rush. Yep. So I was like, okay, at least they're being true to the book in some ways that maybe Rush will be a major part of the soundtrack and tie in. And so, like I said, I'm interested in it because I was, you know, it's it's basically a movie about everyone who likes video games and Easter eggs Mm -hmm. and everyone who likes 80s nostalgia. It's those two things tied together into a sci-fi adventure. Okay. All right. I get what you're saying. I don't know if that's enough to sell a movie. That's my thing. You know, it's it. The marketing on it has been weird, and I think yeah. I think it's not due to them not trying. I think it's a tricky explanation. Yeah, I get to, it to sell. Gary, what do you think? Is this a movie you like are sold on or no? Well, when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, eh, might be interesting. But then a um, uh, couple friends on my Facebook page uh, have been fighting over it. Really, one guy saying it's going to suck. Another nope. guy said it's going to be great. Okay, now why? What are their reasons? Because it's too much of the nostalgia aspect of the right of, of the book and all that. They both read the book, and it just it's one guy just says it's just over the top of everything that they're throwing into it into the movie. That is, and it is. This is definitely more like what I'm seeing here. Looks like mostly the end of the book gets really big, right? But for most of the adventure, it's not like huge right big, it, big world kind right of it's it's it is big world but it's this guy experiencing the big world right. he's kind of adventuring and doing things right and he has a couple friends that go with him and then it ties into the real world he he's there's kind of a a secondary adventure going on in reality right. while he tries to survive because basically the company doesn't like people trying to win this easter egg and in the right. real world they might try and do some bad stuff to you right so he, it's kind of like a double adventure in the book it's too much to pack into a two-hour movie and there are certain things that I thought were fantastic in the book that I'll guarantee you they couldn't get copyright permission for that are not going to be in the movie. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to th- – I mean I have no idea how this interpretation is going to go. It does look jam-packed. I agree. It looks like they chalk-filled it full of visuals. I just hope this, the story they tell lives up to it. And that's that's I guess where I'm at. Like I'm worried that 
that's all it's about. It's about, hey, look, there's the Iron Giant. Oh, look, there's the tra- you know, Jurassic Park T-Rex. And that's all they're expecting you to look for. <laughs> now, and everything else is just fluff throughout the whole now, thing. That's the only reason why I want to go watch it. Well, just to see all the stuff <laughs> yeah. in the background? See what they throw in it. That's because you and I are background watchers and we look for stupid <laughs> well, stuff like that. I, I, I made you a background You watcher. did make me a background watch, I'll admit. <laughs> And I have to admit, that's going to be the challenge watching this movie is to catch all the stuff in the background. Oh, there's way too much. But that's why I would want to get it on DVD so that I could go and pause. Oh, look, there's this, this, and this. And it's fighting with a lot. I mean, right now we've got Avengers hype. You know, a couple weeks out. We've got... Even Black Panther's still going strong Black Panther's still rocking. We've got Solo, which is not getting advertised anywhere near the way it should be. Yeah, have you noticed that? Not as many commercials as there used to be about. I do think it's got issues. I think they're kind of underselling it. Um, and hoping that it surprises. Hoping, yeah. But it's, you know, it's a packed spring. It is. I mean, we've even got like Rampage coming up, which, yeah, which looks fun. It looks <laughs> from interesting. Some, I, from some yeah. of the trailers I've seen, it's like they've put a, quite a story into well, that video game. Yeah, but uh, I w- want to see the, the video game. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> it makes me want to go find the video game and download it and play it now again. You know what I mean? I used to like playing that at the arcade. Say, and, I think I had it for the Xbox. The original Xbox. Probably, you, you know, yeah, one like of the, the monsters day. is going to eat a person and burp. Yeah, it's going to have to. Yeah. yeah. Okay, our last topic we want to talk about for the beginning of this evening is a lawsuit. A film Against producer. Us, that, no. no, 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 no. Or we wouldn't be here. A film producer sued LFL, and I can't believe I'm saying this. And won. won. They sued. Now, here's where it gets weird. They sued for more than a million pounds, which is this was a lawsuit in England, so it's all in pounds. But they won 39,000 pounds. <laughs> There's a pretty big difference there between a million and 39,000. But to win 39,000 against Lucasfilm. From LFL is a big deal. I mean, the fact that he won five bucks from LFL <laughs> is a big deal if you ask me. This gentleman, his name is Mark Johnson from Quantum Digital, was wanted to – basically, I'm understanding right. He wanted to film The Love of the Force, For the Love of the Force, which was a basically a, a Comic-Con, right, or a Star Wars it convention. It sounds like it's a – it says right here – I think it was a Star Wars – English Star Wars convention right. in England. Uh, and the idea behind the convention was, you know, love of Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. But the centerpiece was supposed to be an interview with the uh, Darth Vader actor David Prowse. Now, for those who don't know – David Prowse was the original guy in the Darth Vader suit. Did not voice it. Obviously, James Earl Jones did that. But he was the six-foot whatever figure. guy inside of Darth Vader's uh, he, costume. He did. If it wasn't a stunt man, he was the he one was sword it. fighting Luke. Yeah. He was the one being big so and imposing. kind of what uh, Peter Mayhew was to Chewbacca. Yeah. Now, there's a history here that you have to understand a little bit first before we get into the, the lawsuit itself. Bob, give us the history. Well... David Prowse was pretty popular with George Lucas for a long time through Star Wars and even into Empire Strikes Back right up until Empire Strikes Back. What was it? About a couple weeks before it came out, Gary? Is that? I think so, yeah. uh, It was leaked from the set that maybe Darth Vader was Luke's father. And everybody blamed David Prowse that he was the one that leaked it, that he he gave it out there. Now, giving a little uh, context, why would they have blamed him? He was someone voicing a little displeasure, I think, at this point, wasn't he? He was a little bit. He was an unknown. He never got to be seen. He never Correct. got to be heard. I think he was And they weren't feet. allowing him to sign autographs even up till this point. They weren't giving him any sort of credit. Uh, you know, when he I talked mean, other about than, than his name on the true credits. Obviously on the credits, but like when they would talk about Darth Vader, they always referenced James Earl Jones. They never said David Prowse and James Earl Jones brought Darth Vader to life. It was always James Earl Jones brought Darth Vader to life, which 
left David Prowse with a really bad taste in his mouth, and I can kind of understand that. Uh, We've watched a lot of documentaries ourselves where David Prowse talks about his viewpoint on these things. And I am your father was the one we um, watched. Right, and I I, <coughs> I appreci- appreciate David Prowse's position. I, I think he was stuck in a really bad spot where and then he and George Lucas just basically after Empire uh, they did not get along. <laughs> that, that's the well, best way to put it. it. It wasn't on David's part. It was on uh, George Lucas's part. Oh, absolutely. Was was. I agree with you. He, he blamed David Prowse right. and he would not Listen yeah. to any yeah, and the big the big else. the big break came as we saw from that documentary we watched in Return of the Jedi when Prowse was convinced he was going to be the face under the mask, right? And later found out that scene was filmed without him, and he didn't even know. It's like they didn't even tell him, right? They didn't even have the the guts to tell him we're yeah. going to do this with a different actor. And, and I think at that point Sebastian there was, there was Shaw got break. stuck in the middle, and it was just like yeah, I, I, and that's what I really felt bad for David Prowse because he didn't even know that they were going to do this to him. Right, you know? and, and I think if they had told him, I think he might have been all right with it. Right, if they had told him up front first, right. then I think he'd have been okay with you know, it. Because they never told him that he, all those voicing during the filming of A New Hope. And then it was going to get voiced over, right. if I remember right, right correctly. He thought he was the voice. Yep. And so they never even told him that. So here he is, you know, kind of goofing around behind the mask, but also trying to take it seriously. But thinking he'd be dubbing it over later and then finding out, nope, James Earl Jones was doing that. I mean, this poor guy got pushed around. So I felt bad. And so, so that animosity, I think, is what added to this because they were highlighting David Prowse as the center of this convention. And, and I don't think was LFL go- was really happy the, about that. This guy, Mark John, was going to film this interview with David Prowse. Right. And then the big key is he wanted to stream it as one of these live events to cinemas in the United States. Right. To over 1,200, right? I think they said cinemas uh, worldwide. Um, I'm thinking at least a couple hundred here in the United States. Right. And, and another thing you need to put out there, too, is at, at this point in the game, David Prowse was banned from any Star Tra- or Star, Star Wars, Wars uh, conventions. conventions. In America Anything. or the world? World. World. So he was appearing at this without permission. It wasn't technically a LFL And, and that's where it got weird, oh, remember? Because okay. this is... Yeah. Put on by that crystal, no, Candy and Vents LTD. Yeah, Candy Events. CEL, uh, which was not a Disney-backed company. And it's right. the other weird thing. This is Disney LFL. Well, you got to remember, though, it's still LFL. You're right, but it's it's Disney LFL. They got bought out by this point. Yeah. Because we're talking about 2015, just before The Force Awakens came out. Right. So so why didn't Disney... Uh, lift the ban? Well, not, lift, not necessarily just lift the ban, but just... Talk with them, right? See, see what right negotiate it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, part of me says this was a grab for money for them, or an attempt to just silence a group of people. Quite honestly, that in is, hopes that it, they would get intimidated and just shut it down. Right. And I hate it when Disney does stuff like that to try to intimidate people and shut it down. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this part, Bob. Okay. I know Disney owns LFL, but this is LFL that's did it. Okay. So stick with LFL and not Disney. Okay. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you the whole time when he's ever you say Disney on this part. Okay. So you don't think the two companies are working hand in hand though? I mean, I see the two of them as being joint. I do, but this is LFL's beef against David Prowse. I mean, you're right there. Yeah. I guess that's where I'm like. This is where I'm upset with the mouse because the mouse hasn't come to David right, Prowse. Disney, Disney is is just that's what I'm saying. Yeah, why didn't Disney come to David Prowse right. and try to negotiate I don't think this out? I don't think Disney is any part of this. I think right. like he's saying, they're just like, well, we own Lucasfilm. Whatever right. they decide, it's fine with us. Right. 
they are because they they know their rights and they know what they're doing. And I think Disney's just taking a hand off hands off. I know what you're saying. I think a lot of us hoped that with Disney buying it out, maybe they would reset some of these stupid things that right. have happened. And unfortunately, that's not the case. LFL's decided to hang on to its old grudges, yep. its old ways. And unfortunately, you're right. LFL drug this into this situation, and, and it was interesting too because they thought this guy. Their basic belief at the end of this thing is he would not have made profit. He would have lost money on it. Right. I'd love to know where they they come up with that. Uh, Numbers-wise, I just don't see it losing. I just don't. Maybe over here in America we wouldn't have flocked to the theater to watch this, but... um if the, the world, guy had a chance, the world, to, I think, I think, I think so. Well, I think if he had a chance to advertise for it, which he obviously didn't, well, it, we might have flocked to it. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see too many people in America flocking to a, a movie theater to watch a convention. Yeah, I mean, maybe an interview with David Prowse, I, I might, and it depends on the price too. You know, if you're talking about five dollars ticket, okay, I'll go in and pay five bucks ticket to watch an interview with David Prowse. If it's you know a, a movie ticket price at what yeah. sixteen bucks a piece. All right, maybe not so much because I mean, heck, I could go to a comic con for that price. So, and I, you know, I get what you're saying, Gary. It, it would have been a hard sell. I get it, and I but, guess that's why they only rewarded what thirty nine thousand well, pounds as opposed to a well, million. Well, I, I think the thirty nine thousand pounds is, is to cover his costs for everything that he was going to take to the convention and, yeah. and video everything. Right, the cost of the convention yeah. itself. Well, the, the, part that, the, convention. the part that confuses me, and it's not really explained well, is how associated was this if this convention wasn't associated with LFL how did LFL get to say because the convention basically said oh you're not coming anymore to the guy and it was because LFL told him not to do it so they are somehow connected with LFL because LFL was telling them don't have this guy film your convention. Well, the one thing we don't know is what other Star Wars actors were at the... Right. You think right. there might have been sanctions? They, they, they could have pulled them those actors out away from that convention if they allowed them to do that. Right. So basically what you're saying is even though the convention wasn't an LFL-sanctioned event, they still had people showing up there who were repped by LFL right. or you know, for signing Well, I was going to go one step further and say they could even threaten to yank the 501st Rebel Legion Mando Mercs from coming because yeah. we are backed by LFL yeah. and they could basically tell us, nope, you can't go to this right. because we're saying you can't. Right. You know? So basically so, it does seem to come down to the fact that they got word that this guy wanted to broadcast a David Prowse interview and they pushed on the convention saying, hey, don't let him do that do because right. we right. will pull everything. And th- I mean, we're paraphrasing here. We don't know if they threatened we are. That we're, or not. We're, yeah. but, it sounds like that. It sounds like it that's down. the way it went because then the convention said to the guy, you're not filming. And then the guy went and sued saying, hey, I just had a bunch of profit taken away from me. Right. Which the other the other aspect too is is uh, if they streamed it live in the theaters and stuff, Lelfell wasn't getting a dime out of that. Right. That money yeah. either. And so. that might have been part of it too, because right. now all of a sudden the money money ain't flowing right. back to LFL either. But I still think it goes back to the David Prowse. Oh, it, it does. It absolutely it does. does. It absolutely does. And I just my question is going to forever be: When are we going to let this go? I mean, seriously, when are we going to let this go? Right. This but, is the dumbest argument in Star Wars history ever. Now, now here's the question I got for George Lucas: That I have not heard anybody ask at all. How did David Prowse know that he was Luke's? You no, know, Darth Vader was Luke's father. He didn't even know it when he was making it. Yeah, because apparently you've heard interviews with George Lucas, or sorry, with uh, Mark Hamill. Actually, they've admitted that, haven't they? Yeah, openly on camera. Yeah. Mark Hamill does interviews, and he has said, told a story where he said there's only like three people: Lucas, the knew. director, and some the producer, I think, who knew. And they went and they told him, "We want your reaction, but because this is going to be the actual line recording, and if it gets out, we'll know you said because it's only the other ones of us who know." 
So why do they think Prowse knew? Unless, you know, we don't know the behind the scenes. Could the word have become more well, spread was, throughout the cast as it got closer to it release? Was, it was Luke. It was Prowse. No. Prowse no, didn't sorry. know. Sorry. Luke. It was uh, Luke, the producer, Kirschman. It was... James uh, Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. That was the other one I was going right. to put in. he did the line. And then George Lucas. Because Jones had to do the line. Right. But those were the only four that knew. So you're right. David Prowse... No idea. Right. But this is no when... Idea. Now, that story that I've heard was when the filming happened. Correct. Then you've got like a year and a half before the movie came out, and during that time, did more word get spread to the cast? Did other people know? I mean, but there's, there's a... There's a Mark Hamill told a story There's a on, caveat that all those people suddenly who are in the right. editing room, who are in produ- production... Oh, yeah. There's people they're who They're going to see it sound and editing. know. But there's, so you're talking more than just David Prowse knowing. But you know? I saw uh, Mark Hamill on... Graham Norton show talking about yeah. that famous line and he, he talks the story and he says I remember sitting there having to keep this secret for like a year and a half and I remember sitting there at the premiere and Harrison Ford turning me turning to me going you didn't tell me that was going to happen <laughs> and it's like you know he didn't know so it's they were p- major people involved who didn't know so right. why did Prowse why did they think Prowse knew I don't know I think he was just a scapegoat. He was yeah. an easy scapegoat yep. for George because he was d- displeased with the fact that he was not the voice uh, the voice of Darth Vader yeah and then during Return of the Jedi... Uh, and he had enough guts to stand up to the director and say, right. I don't like this. Right. You know, and instead of just taking it as criticism, which George Lucas could have, I mean, you know, put on your big boy britches. Well, even even Kasdan or whoever directed the Empire there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's Kat, uh, Lawrence Kasdan? Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. He, he, didn't, he didn't agree with David Prowse either, so there, there's two against one there. Yeah. Then the director of uh, Return of the Jedi... Uh, uh, Richard Marquand. They had the same same problem with with problems. Not Richard so. Marquand. I can't remember who directed. Not David Lynch, even though he was no, it wasn't David Lynch. Yeah, it was another guy. I can't remember, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. <coughs> so, so so they all had problems with with Prowse. So was Prowse hard to get along with on, on the set or what? Uh, that's, you don't know. That's, that's a big question. Yeah. I guess that's a question that could only be left to the other actors, you know, or actresses on stage. But what this story comes down to is, kids, if you got a gripe against Lucasfilm. Don't give up. You might win thirty nine thousand pounds, <laughs> right? Or or five bucks. Or, or five, five bucks. bucks. <laughs> it's an interesting story. Me, uh, me, like I, I said, I'd, I'd sell for three dollars. <laughs> three. Uh, you know, it's an interesting story. I also think it's a thing of like, how far do you want to take a grudge, and how far do you want to drag something through the right. mud before no, it's not worth it anymore? This guy may have had money, you know, like like. Gary was saying, it sounds like this guy had monetary investment in getting to this. Sh- I mean, he probably bought plane tickets. He probably sure. garnered equipment. He had plans. I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the guy. I actually understand this right. guy's point of view. I'm just talking about the David Prowse thing. Like, how oh. far do you want to drag that? Right, right. You know what I mean? To me, it just seems very petty to keep dragging this out. Let's just, I mean, why can't people just get along? I don't get it. Forgive and forget a little bit here. I know David's got some sour, you know, feelings about all this. But I think it's time to come to the table and just negotiate this out and get it done with and just admit that David Prowse is a guy in a suit. I mean, heck, Disney doesn't want to mention that. Excuse me, LFL doesn't even want to mention that. Gary was giving me a look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, that's important to me. Like, why can't we just get along and get this done and move on? I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much out of LFL. I probably am. Okay, so those were our thoughts on our three topics tonight. The Deadpool 2 trailer, the Ready 1 player Ready Player One trailer. I'm going to say that wrong all the yeah. time. 
and the lawsuit between LFL and this gentleman in England. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Email us, galaxycast at gmail. We'd love to get feedback from anybody. Please, 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 please. YouTube channel, Twitter, find us on Facebook. And uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. We're going to record about the next episode of Star Wars Rebels. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Have you ever needed to cry, but just couldn't produce the tears? Maybe you're a kid looking to get more attention and free stuff. Or maybe you need to go to a funeral for someone you really don't like. Introducing Onion Eye Drops. Because we believe the world could use just a little more tears. Disguised as regular, boring, run-of-the-mill eye drops, Onion Eye Drops is the premium moisturizer for the eyes of the absolute coldest of hearts. They're so effective that even Jason Statham swears by them. A lot. Just squirt in a couple drops, and you'll be crying more than a grown man does while watching Terminator 2. Not made with real onions. Users who experience waterworks for more than four hours should consult a doctor. Eye drops may cause a stinging sensation, which may result in tears. Tears are not guaranteed. May result in the Zika virus. Find onion eye drops next to the salty bandages at a store near you. This portion of the show is being brought to you by The Best Things in Life which are still free with minimum purchase at participating dealers. At Lombank, we're with you every step of the way. We sell your dreams. We're not a soulless, monolithic institution. We are, but we use nostalgic imagery. It's walking into your dream home. You can't really afford it. We'll lend you the money anyway. It's kids graduating from college. With pointless degrees riddled with debt. It's happy picnics on the beach. There's Sewage in the water. Family portraits with everyone dressed the same. You look like twats. Canoeing in the lake. By the power station. Catching fireflies in a jar. And watching them die. Cheering at high school football games. The kids are giving each other brain damage. These are the things our lives are made of. Interest rates only 33.4%. Long Bank. We're the American bank that truly more or less cares about profits. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. You're in my sights, Luke Skywalker. Not for long, Darth Vader. It's X-Wing fighter and Imperial TIE fighter. Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. Time for the all-surprise swoop. Our wings hit. Not bad for a beginner, but I'll be back. X-Wing fighter, Imperial TIE fighter, and action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. 
Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the latest episode to us of Star Wars Rebels titled Doom. D-U-M-E, not D-O-O-M. Right. Because I feel like I have to say that. And not D-U-N-E. Right, as in the movie Dune. by Frank Herbert. Correct, in the movie. And not D-U-M. Which would be dumb. Right. (laughs) And not D-O-O-M, the video game, because that's a first-person shooter. (laughs) I kind of feel like I have to say that, though, you know, (laughs) every time I see this name. Or or D-U-M-E. Dume? I was going to say, I I think we should refer to this episode as Dume. Dume? It's French, really. Mm-hmm. Put your pinkies up, too, while you're watching it. Pronouncing things incorruptible. <laughs> right. So, I love the, the exit. In, in the show notes you're going to read, it, this is a <laughs> reeling from a devastating loss. The ghost crew rallies together to find a new purpose and resolve. That's it. We're done. Thank End you. of review. That's the episode. We're good. Thank you, folks. Good night. Good night. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we are reeling from the loss of Kanan, and no, that's you, pretty much half the episode. You guys are. Well, I mean, we, as in the Rebel crew, I should say, yes. clarify that. The Rebel crew is upset because Kanan died. And here's where I guess I'm lost. I did not have an emotional tie to Kanan the whole stinking time. None whatsoever. So when he died, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I <laughs> guess that's why he's not in A New Hope now. You know, like, it just... Yeah. And so, like, this whole episode was supposed to rip on your heartstrings, and part of me is sitting here saying... Maybe I'm just a soulless jerk, but I did not make any connection with this character at all. I, did you guys feel the same way? Like, like we had a lot of like crying in this episode, and to me, I was just kind of like, about what? Like, you know, like I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's I just, am a soulless. Jerk. It's just been the characterization and the way it's worked for us ever since the beginning. Is we've never felt connected to these people. Right. We've always been waiting for those stories, and that I remember back before the show came on, and we watched a teaser that was like. I don't know, like a minute or two long, mm-hmm. and the two of them were in the ghost. They were like bantering with each other as they were like fighting right. off TIE fighters or something. And I was like, wow, I love the banter between these two. This is great. And then the show came out, and that seemed to be all gone, and everyone just got stoic yeah. and didn't seem to have a whole lot of character, at least in my opinion. And yeah. it's been that way. It's been a struggle ever since to make me care about these characters. And there's supposed to be an underlying romantic aspect like of the whole thing. tension between the two of them, yeah. And None of it's been explained or no. explored or anything. I still don't know the history of these two, how they met. How did they meet? That's what, true. If none of this has been given to us. We don't even know how half the crew met at all, do yeah, we? No. We've given no backstory to that at all. Yeah, even that's my the, problem. I don't even know how all these characters met. They all met in a restaurant in New York after the Battle of New York. <laughs> I <laughs> e- did e- Eating shawarma. Eat <laughs> I did like the one episode a while back where Kanan got overly nervous about meeting Hera's dad. That right. was a great touch. You know, you got the sense that right. he obviously cared more because he wanted to impress the dad. And I liked things like that. But it's been few and far between. And it makes me feel like we've been rushed. We've had how many seasons? Is this season four or five? Yep, four. This is season four. You've had how many seasons for her to say, I love you? And she says it, what, an episode ago? Half an episode ago. Half an episode ago. And now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be like, oh, poor Hera. She finally said she loves her and now he's dead. You know, well, That was the point they were going for. Was I the get whole- that, but it's like... You rushed it, and you had four seasons to not rush it, and you did it. So now, again, I guess I'm just a soulless jerk, and I'm just kind of like, 
but now I, I don't I, I just didn't feel that connection at all, like right. between the two of them at all. I want to feel bad for her. Like seriously, because my, here's here's my the heart thing. wants to break for her. If they never acted like there was something between them for almost two full movies, the "I love you, I know" moment from Empire Strikes Back would have meant nothing. Would have been, but because pointless. there was constant, you know, back fr- and from forth. The, yeah, from the very beginning, that whole fighting with each oh i think thou doth protest too much type fighting right. where it was like overly done even han going what do you think a girl like her and a guy like me and then you get to the second and movie luke goes no <laughs> yeah, and you get into the second movie and she kisses luke to je- make him jealous right calls him a scruffy looking nerf herder you know they get to the thing later where they're in the th- he takes her hand and he says you like a scoundrel i mean right. there's been multiple moments where it got really far so when that moment finally happens with the line even though we just had two movies we've only had like four hours it's enough that you get the sense that there's a back and forth play between those two characters. We've had four seasons with Rebels, and I haven't felt that Still back and forth that. between yeah. Kanan and Hera barely at all. I agree, and 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 I guess that's my problem here is now that Kanan's died, I'm kind of like that connection between him and Hera. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't I didn't yeah. feel it at all. And the last episode is going to not make you. Understand anything more? Uh, <laughs> oh, great! So it's only going to get better. <laughs> so we have a saying. lot to look forward to in the next four episodes. <sighs> so part of me does. My heart did partially break for the young boy. So now I'm sitting here going, okay. So when for it comes Ezra? to Ezra, I feel bad for Ezra only to the point that I kind of feel like his training is incomplete. He's not finished as a Jedi, right? So part of me says this is almost like Anakin. Being left in a lurch, or Luke, or Luke being Luke left in a lurch, Obi Wan dying in front of him, right. sacrificing himself. I mean, that's what they're going for: is the whole the master sacrificed in front of the pupil, right. and the pupil is supposed to continue on. <clears throat> but again, we had an hour right. and twenty minutes of Obi Wan and Luke, right? And I felt more, way more connection between those two characters than I felt between Kanan and Ezra for again four seasons. What have they not been doing right in this show to make this happen? Where they've got a telegram. I mean, you've basically got to now sh- verbally. Ezra has to state how he feels. Yeah, I'm sad he's gone. I don't feel like my training. I mean, he's telling you his I'm motivation. Yeah. You're not feeling it with him. You're being told it, and it's that's why it's lacking. I guess. I guess that is the thing that's bothering me is we're having to be told how they feel when feelings should be felt. Right. Well, it's in the word, you know. I look at the way kids are are growing up today. Mm-hmm. None of them have an imagination on their own. Well, you're right. Uh, I'll take it back. Maybe two percent of the population of children today have an imagination. Everything else is given to them. They give a, a video game where they don't have to make any decisions at all. You, right. you only do it this way. Right. You're right. You know. It, so, no problem solving. Right. None of that stuff's going on. You're right. So that so we've created a generation where we have you, to tell them how we feel. Right? <laughs> can you think of a single scene through like three seasons, three and a half seasons here, four seasons, almost four seasons, where Kanan like put his hand on Ezra's shoulder and Ezra looked at him and smiled? Any connection moments like that that would have been like, ah, oh, I like these two. You know, it hasn't. St- I haven't seen things like that happen, <laughs> and I feel like. We needed more of those moments. It's even like Ben congratulating Luke. You've taken your first step into a larger world and, you know, being... It's, it's, it's funny because you say that, and the first thing that came to my mind was the thousands of times that Kanan yelled at Ezra about picking up a Sith cube, about, 
making right, the connection right. with the spider things that he made the connection with, like yelling at him, like y- yelling, at bickering him. with him the whole time, <laughs> yelling at him when the the monster comes up out of the uh, yeah. That's what pit, I'm talking about. Uh, the abyss the and, right. and, and takes out the... Uh, Have they laughed together at anything? Have they bonded in those kind of ways? I mean, Not that I can right, remember. Because even, uh, even, even where you could say, oh, I didn't feel much between Anakin and Obi-Wan... Rex and, actually laughed with them more than right. Kanan did. But think of like Obi-Wan and Anakin even in uh, Attack of the Clones. Right. Yeah, you could. Granted, that was nowhere near the characterization of Luke and Obi Wan. But even they joked a tiny bit in the elevator ride up, talking about falling into the nest of Gundars. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, and there, there's, that doesn't count. It, it, there's, <laughs> just, there's just little moments right. of humor that at least help connect people. And, and I haven't felt those. And to all those Star Wars fans out there, that was in the poorly written prequel yes, trilogies <laughs> that everybody complains. If you're looking for a father figure with a kid, Zeb. I agree with a you. A bit more, I, yeah. I agree with you. Zeb is more of a father figure than Kanan ever was to yep. him. And so I, I guess that's my problem is, to me, <laughs> this is going to sound bad. Uh, Gary will probably agree. I think they killed the wrong character. You think Zeb should have died? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's crazy, but don't you think there would have been more connection if Zeb had died? I mean, I think there would be more loss if Zeb had died than if Kanan had died. And I can't believe I will, I'm actually saying I will that, because I like Zeb. I, I will say do. that Kanan seems like the almost too predictable death. Right. Like, you set the leader up to die to make everybody else... It's like, if what if your... That's your leader. Right. But what if your friend had died, not right. the leader? That could almost... I could see where that could be more impactful. I'm, obviously, they're doing certain things with their storytelling elements right. in these next four episodes that Kanan had to be the one to die. Right. But, but the I, emotion's not there. I'm going to disagree at the end. Uh, who the leader of the group is? Hera. Is I think Hera is the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Had, I her, had she got killed? I would. I would actually probably have felt that. Right. I gotta admit, if Hera had died, I'd actually be would be upset. Like that. There were two people that if they died, I would have been upset. If Hera had died, I would have been upset. And I hate to say it, if the Mando um, Sabine. Sabine had died, I would have been upset. You know. It, but it, those are the only two characters I feel any sort of connection to at all. Okay, this is how I would have done the whole thing. I'd kill the hair off, have Kanan go to the dark side, and go and wait, wait, waste to the... The Imperial Imperials. waste, right. or uh, base? Right. Where Vader had to come in to squash him. And that would have been interesting, yeah. Right. Or even the Emperor to come in to squash it. No. That would have been just as cool. Vader himself come in, though. Yeah. They could have... T- basically, what we're saying is... They could have told more interesting stories than the ones they picked. Right. And the and the, the decision to kill Kanan maybe wasn't right. a good decision. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it just maybe not a good decision. There could have been a better but, character okay. to kill off. Then we're talking what is effectively a kid's animated cartoon. We are. Being super dark about a guy having the one he loved get killed, and he goes dark but, and goes murdering people, and then Vader comes in and murders him. There's <laughs> a lot of death for a kid But show. look at Clone Wars. I mean, again, I, I go back to, to right, we, we always go back to the pinnacle, right, which is Clone Wars of the cartoon series. Look at all the death in the Clone Wars. I mean, there's no doubt Clone Wars got pretty dark towards the end. I mean, it, it got very dark towards the end. And, and to sure me, did. part of me says... They could have gone that direction here again, and I think it would have been okay. I think you know, but I almost wonder if LFL was afraid to go there again. You know, and the sad part was that's when all the fans got into Clone Wars. They got right. into that dark stuff, 
And they should have been noticing that, and they should have played to that. I think that would have worked in their favor. Right, which I think the big big thing with the Clone Wars is it came right off of the heels of, uh, well, going into the heels of uh, Revenge of the Revenge Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Absolutely. And everything had to get dark in some way. Right. I mean, Revenge of the Sith was not going to end well, no matter how it came out. We knew that. Uh, Anakin's going to turn into Darth Vader. I mean, that that's the ultimate goal, and we knew it had to get dark at some point. So let me ask you guys this. <laughs> we have all that going on. And then somewhere in the middle of all this, we've got this little mini battle going on with Sabine and Zeb and Rook. And Sabine kind of figuring out that the whole reason that the Imperials are reeling now and why they're having a parade is because suddenly they've realized they have no more fuel to right. run their the, plan. Basically, the factories have come to a stop, so they've, they've accomplished their mission. They've stopped production on these TIE fighters. Right. They, did you notice they seemed pretty shocked that they accomplished their mission? Like, I was kind of like, you should be cheering, like, yay! And they're like, well, yeah, well, maybe we accomplished tem- temper- our mission. Tempered by the death. The, the I death, mean. I get it, but I'm still at the same time, like, <coughs> I don't know. Even with the death, I would have been kind of like, hey, we accomplished our mission, guys. This is, yeah. you know, we can, we can, his sacrifice was for a good reason and a right. good cause. You could be happy about that partially because he sacrificed for a good reason. Instead, we just... I don't know. We we really mulled in the sorrow here. So didn't that fight with Rook at the end? Yeah. When Zeb starts beating on Rook and Sabine stops him, I had the point I made while watching it. I saying, was going to bring your point. Well, yeah. didn't she just place a bomb on a speeder bike and blow up two random stormtroopers and had three. no tr- three, three and had no trouble with that? But for gosh sakes, don't beat don't up kill Rook because yeah. he's right. In, I, so basically, she's kind of. She's kind of a uh, hypocrite, hypocrite, and and like a, a coward because she'll kill him from a distance, but won't kill him in front of her. Yeah. Well, well that's the difference between killing pawns and killing a rook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long have you been waiting to use that one? Last time you're talking about it. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm. I kind of. That's why I saw the gears turning over there. I kind of didn't understand what smoke. was their whole yeah. final thing where she spray painted him. I think they made him look like a clown to send him and back. And they just sent him town. back in that. Like, yeah. That's stupid. He's going to wash off and come after you again. Right. And he's a nogri. You think him making him look like a clown really affects him at all? Oh, I the, mean, the whole cloaking device and everything on him and all that. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I know that was to identify who he was. Yeah. But now but, she painted him up to look like a clown and they sent him back to base. But remember, there's no personal cloaking devices. <laughs> okay. So what, what are you trying to say there? Well, it's, it's, uh, everybody claims there's no cloaking devices on individual people. Well, that's just not true. We know that. Exactly. You know, I, I like... Which, which makes my armor validated. Predator tech. True. I, I mean, I like the battle. I like the concept behind the battle. I just didn't like the way it ended. I yeah. really wish they would have as let Zeb kill the guy. I mean, like, why not? I'm actually back in, in Gary and Tara's court. Like, here's a good death we could have had that would have been justified... And I would have been okay with it. They're taking the approach that heroes... Don't kill. Don't kill. Death isn't justified. You can find other ways. I mean, they're trying to put messages in here. I get it. I just don't like it. Of course not. (laughs) I don't like the message, I guess. That might be part of my problem here. You know, in certain cases, sometimes it has to be justified. You know, in certain cases. There are bad people. I'm sorry. And it has to be justified. And... and (laughs) And there's no way around that. I just, I guess that's. And my like I viewpoint. said, it's justified to have these bombs go off and kill, kill lots of stormtroopers right. who just are doing the foot soldier work and go <laughs> home to wives and kids. 
but the monster rook that is an assassin for the Empire. Eh, he probably doesn't him, have a family. Let's paint him like a clown, and that's, right. that's revenge enough. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other side of the storyline, too, is that these loath wolves are now talking to yeah, we have that whole sequence. Ezra. And Which went on so long. They chase him into a field. Then they chase him across the field in the other direction. Then they knock him down. Then he wakes up. Then he's lost. And then he goes to sleep again. And then he wakes up again. He's on a rock in a different dimension with a different sky. And there's more wolves. It's like, oh, you're padding. How long oh my can God. you drag this on? Very and part out. of me was like, I had to listen really... <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if you guys felt like this way, but I really had to listen hard to what they were saying. Yeah. They say it so slow. It's almost as bad as the Ents in Lord of the Rings. I was just kind of like, get to the point already. And then it was almost like listening to Mother Talzin because there's this weird. Yeah, I was going to say that I understood the Ents better than I understood the Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, I don't, I don't. Who are you? Right. It's like you had to drag every word out. That's about right. We'll have, a, we'll have a growl to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and he was saying words, and it, like he was said Jedi, but it took me like five minutes to process that he said Jedi. I was like, oh, Jedi Temple. Okay, now I get But I shouldn't have to be sitting here going, what is he? What is it? Uh, okay, now I get it. I shouldn't have to do that. It should be pretty clear. What, what they should have been talking in is an English Cockney accent. Hey, <laughs> right. mate, you got to go down to the Jedi Temple and go yeah, get in exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. Go to, uh, go to the bangers. <laughs> that's your English accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at accents. I don't quite know where talk. that was from. <laughs> come, on, come on, Ian. Give us feedback on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows my English accent make sucks. Him, make him talk like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to go to the Jedi Temple. They're going to need a little help there, don't you know? <laughs> and then we get this tablet. And I don't know what to think of the tablet. There's a fist, there's a hand sideways, and a hand facing up. All I can think is, we're about to go play rock, paper, scissors, people. I mean, like, I that's like all that. we got left, right? I mean, like... Go to the temple, play rock, paper, scissors. Whoever wins, you're in. And this is the this is the ultimate in crutch storytelling. Right. We don't have ways of getting important information to our characters. Literally, we're going to have magic wolves give them what they need to tell them where they're going. I mean, that's the storyline we're, 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 we're presented. Magic wolves are going to give you information. In, who would have thought in Star Wars, I'm like... Yeah, that's what I want to see in Star Wars. That that to me works with the storyline. Uh, something tells me it's going to get worse. Hey, if it's in with the beluga whales, <laughs> this is true. The space, the space whales, space they whales, fly, yeah, the fly, fly yeah. hyperspace yeah. speed, yeah, <clears throat> and they can and can. But here's the thing: those things never, you, you know what? Force. Did they? They didn't really <clears throat> talk to those things, though, did they? Well, they they talked to them through the force, right? If, Ezra, if I remember correctly. Ezra talked. As, well, here's the thing: Ezra, we've, right. I can. Oh, I'm a little more okay with that because again and again we're implying Ezra has animal connections with, right. with with his force ability but then we're forgetting about that at times because he apparently can't really communicate with these wolves at all well even <laughs> though they talk English to him <laughs> what do you want from me <laughs> oh spiders who I know exactly what they're doing it's like yeah what the heck they're, they're being ruled by the A-wing qu- yes. uh, yeah, right. queen of the spider king <laughs> spider people she's just going to come charging into Lothal in the last episode I know it with a whole spider army so, I would have been so happy with that last. <laughs> that that would have been awesome. So, you know, with a little conk. <laughs> that would have been great. So, all right. Gary, you and I had the same thought process when it came to the Loth Wolves, and I kind of agree with you on this. I believe, I don't know how you felt about it, Eric, that the Loth Wolves are actually... Fallen Jedi. Fallen Jedi, or like a reincarnation of the Jedi. 
So each Loth wolf might be representing a Jedi that died on Lothal. Right. Well, I mean, they bluntly said when when the giant wolf appeared, the biggest one we've ever seen, right. and Ezra goes, who are you? And he it says, said, Doom. Doom. So are they basically saying, hey, look, I am the reincarnation or the spirit animal of, 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 of Kanan. Right. Do you think Ezra believes that? Like, do you think he's I bought think, into I, that? I, I think he has. Yeah. Because he doesn't really show it if he does. Right. I would have been you know, like, Kanan, how'd this happen? Why are you a wolf now? What's going on? Tell me something. Give me information. Well, I mean, even if he was my master, I'd at least go up and, like, hug his freaking paw or something, yeah. you know, like, show some sort of emotion. Like, oh, my gosh, there you are, you know? Grab a stick wait. and be like, who's a good master? Who's a good master? You are. Chase the stick. <laughs> go get the fucking stick, stupid. Go get the stick. No, take the light table and throw it. <laughs> Bring it back. And then, and then it comes running back, and it has the tablet in its mouth. That would have made more sense to me that it gave him the tablet that way. Rock, paper, scissors. fetched it. <laughs> re <Re-reggy. laughs> <laughs> Zoinks, man! <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't under, you know, I like the idea of the wolves representing Jedi and fallen Jedi. It would have been better if they just somehow connected that in. It would have just been better if there's just the uh, the four spirits, uh, right? Like, the, the I would have been okay with that. Like, pull that back in. I would have been okay. Even the stupid owl, I'd have been okay pulling that back in. But the Loth again, wolf I thing, don't understand the owls. I don't know what happened to what's her name. Uh, I don't know if they bring her back in the last couple episodes. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Which I believe, I thought I heard something that maybe she does make an appearance in these last couple episodes. Well, you want me to tell you that? No, it's okay. We'll see it. We only got four episodes to go. (laughs) Gary's seen them all. You know, it's like, there's so many things they like, hey, let's hint at something with this. Right. And then they go nowhere Nowhere with it. it. Yep. I agree. And there's so much of that in this dang series. So... I think we pretty much wrapped up that uh, the episode at this well, point. Well, so wait, how's it end? So it ends with him coming back with a tablet. Right. The Zeb and Sabine tell Hera, hey, we did complete our mission. Then she says, we've still got a chance. Right. To, to do what? Uh, to beat them. You've beaten them. So now what's your next chance? That's what I was kind of wondering. Like, what is their next she, chance She has at a, this new, point? a new plan, I guess. And then that's when Ezra walks in and goes, I know what we need to do next. We need to go save the temple. It's like. And part of me said. Out of nowhere. The three of them should have looked at him and gone. Temple? Who cares about the freaking temple? temple. Like, and wh- you know, what's like, this rock you're carrying? Yeah. <laughs> the Temple of Doom. Right. <laughs> D-U-M-E. Yeah, D-U-M-E. The, the Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's French. So that's that was the ending. And I, even again, I was kind of like at the end, I'm kind of like, I really, this point, don't care about the end. I I, I, I don't know. Their storytelling I, is just so all over the place. It is. It is weird. It is just weird. Yeah, for the person that wrote this one, it was a really bad episode. And let me guess, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we rate this one? I guess that's where we're at, right? Yeah. So zeros that don't bother, tens must see. Anybody want to rate first? I'll go first. Go ahead, Gary. Three. 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 Okay, why a three? It just dragged on too long. It, it, it could have been added to the last episode. It would have been all right. I agree. It could have been an ending, <clears throat> a cap on to the last yep. episode. I actually was going to give this one a four myself. Um, just below a like average episode... I wanted to believe. I wanted to have some connection to it. I just wasn't into any of that stuff. Now, I gave it a four only because I did like the fight scene with Rook. I liked the the personal cloaking machine. That was cool. I loved all that. I did like the fact that the Mando put the bomb under the speeder bike, let the guys pull out the data card, get blown up. That was all cool stuff. There were, you know, There were little things, nuances of things that I was cool with and I was okay with. But for a majority of it, I was kind of like, I'm not sure this, you know, what where we were going with this. I liked the Loth Wolf idea that they are reborn Jedi, and that maybe the Jedi have been with Ezra this whole time from the planet. Cool idea. I'm, I'm good with that. 
But again, a majority of it just it's it's not there. How about you, Eric? I was also going to give it a four. Okay. It. Hey, so, back. so much yeah, of the back normal. We are so much of the Lothwolf subplot of this just just went, it just took forever. Yeah. He was just running in a field, sitting on a rock, uh-huh. being confused, being afraid. Now go save the temple. What? You know, here's a rock that shows yeah. you you should go save the temple. It's like. It's such a scattered form of storytelling. I also, but I did also like the Rook bit, the fight. You know, I do wish it had ended differently than let's spray paint him like a clown and send him back. Yeah. I did like, I actually liked some of the interaction between Thrawn and what's her name? Price. 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 Governor Governor Price. Price. I liked that he, you know, I will deal with you later, you know, and he's threatening her and he understands that she made a major mistake. And this at least brought a little more information to my upset last week mm-hmm. uh, with last week's episode that we watched of her blowing up the fuel tanks and being like what's the significance yeah, of it why yeah. are you doing that that's a stupid thing well at least our people go that was stupid you know you're gonna get punished for it so right. um i do like i did like that thrawn as usual is you know pretty imposing and menacing and he they do a good job with him um <clears throat> That was about it, you know. So much yeah. of it I didn't like. I don't know. I don't know where they're. It's we're four episodes away. I should. I was feel, about to say we're four episodes from the end. What do you I guys should feel? Feel this through line of dramatic importance and in, ratcheting it up tension. And no, all of a sudden now we're saving the temple, which we haven't talked about in ages. Jesus. And it's just it's like they're bouncing all over. I still don't feel like I know what these damn the loath wolves. You've put so much importance onto these things. They've been. They've been your MacGuffin to solve certain issues and problems and to be there when needed and to transport our heroes to get them out of trouble <laughs> and to, you know, bring information and now drop a tablet right in front of Ezra. They are this this cheap crutch of getting information right. to these characters and they're, they're not making much sense to me and they don't seem to fit in with Star Wars lore. And so I'm just pulled out by that. So it's – we're, we're – four episodes out and I don't feel like I did a season or two ago when we were cranking up that thing going to the Sith temple right. and there's Maul right. and the, there's the Night Sister and the Night Brother whatever the, the, the brothers and sisters yeah, going brothers after and him sisters, and yeah. then there's Vader coming in and granted they had Vader on top of it but it's like that season felt like it was building to something those right. last couple episodes and really got somewhere this feels just like it's floating aimlessly and, and better yet I mean <clears throat> when you really look at the Loth Wolves I mean it's kind of hard for you not to think like this but it's turned into the sonic screwdriver. Yep. Yeah. When in doubt, turn to the loath wolf. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know what else to do. Let's turn to the loath wolf. The really weird thing is, I think where Rebels went wrong, at least is up until this point, I don't know if it's going to get better in the last four. I know Gary knows. I think where they went wrong is when they stopped having the Inquisitors. Night, night, yeah, they've given brothers, up on that whole, they've given up the that whole thing. Inquisitor thing. When it went out the door, I started to really lose interest in this show because they weren't all even sudden, all dead. They're, they're, right, some got away. Right. There's no major antagonist here that really makes me want to jump in. Right. Thrawn works to an extent, but he's not going to be able to go toe to toe with Kanan Thrawn and Ezra. Thrawn is an emperor style, right. overall arching menace, Correct. feeling of menace. But you need a Vader, a, a fighter, a fighter, that's gonna something. Make me wanna, and like, Rook doesn't do it. No, no, it's not enough. Thrawn is our Tarkin. Where's our Vader? Yeah. Right, we're missing the Vader. You're right. We're missing the Price. Big guy. Price is definitely not it. You know. Yep. 
so it, it needs yeah we're, we're just we're lacking. falling short we yeah. really are and it's last season in particular i think we really are and i know there's all these people out there like i love this show i love this show i don't get it if you love this show and it's great you love and the it's show. last season i'm glad you do right maybe you can explain never, to me what it is you love i'm never I'm gonna be one of those it. people going you're stupid for loving this no movie. I, yeah i won't be like that no either, i'm glad people are getting enjoyment out of it i'm glad i just wish people getting... could explain to me in a way yeah. that i could understand why you love it because i'm not getting that vibe out of the show i don't yeah. feel that way about it agreed Okay, so those were our thoughts about this episode of Star Wars Rebels. We'd love to hear from you. Head on over to galaxycast.com. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Find us everywhere, YouTube. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the Force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show! If you have a complaint, make your subject line You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.